0: at fbcaa.org slash live. We want to thank you for listening and pray that you will be edified. Join us now as Pastor Postiff opens God's Word. I'm going to give uh, the time to Alex Wheeler. Alex and his wife are missionaries with Bibles International. Uh, we've known each other for quite a long while, and uh, it's been a blessing. I count him as a uh, great ministry friend, co-worker, co-laborer in the gospel, and uh, we certainly love the work that they are involved in Bible translation for bunches of different language groups and uh, working now in a new, a new, a little bit of a new area for them in uh, Bibles International. I'll let him explain some of that, but uh, we're looking forward to the word. Welcome, Mackenzie. <laughs> All right. Alex, we'll let you uh, take it away here, okay? All right. Thank you much. God bless you. Well, good morning. It's a it's
1: a privilege to be back here with you. Um, I think it was I should have done the math to figure out last time we were here, but uh, we have been a little bit jostled as has the rest of the world with uh, with that COVID thing. Uh, we went back to India for our first for our second term um, in January 2020 and hit the ground running, and uh, we're there for seven whole weeks <laughs> before. Uh, we heard of this thing called COVID coming, and since uh, Elizabeth has asthma, we didn't know, at least back then, what what was going to happen with that. So we thought, we'll just come back to the States until that clears from India, We thought one or two months. And so we came back to the States and were then blocked from going back there. You know how that goes, the shutdown. So we were here for 20 months. Uh, ended up visiting some other churches while we were here. And uh, during that time, I was asked to help. Uh, write up the job descriptions for, worked with some people to, to do that for a new department at Bibles International called Scripture Engagement. So uh, Bibles International has been, um, right from the beginning, motivated to do Bible translation work because we assume and we believe that God uses his word. Would you, would you agree with that? Okay. Why are any of us sitting here this morning? Right? Because God uses his word. Uh, but as we do Bible translation and we talk with a, a smaller subset of the, the leaders of a people group and we determine that their, their need for scripture and their desire to be involved with this and to carry on those scriptures to their people once they're finished uh, is strong enough that we should plow in and start with 10 to 12 years of work uh, with our lives invested, their lives invested to get a translation into um, that is to get a translation of the scriptures into their language, um, then, as we do that, uh, we hope that at the end, people will accept it right that that it will be uh, speaking to them in in the vernacular that is understandable to them. We have a, a translation philosophy that is uh, that prioritizes accuracy first, then clarity, then naturalness. But ideally, they would read it and say, yes, yes, this is this work of literature is written for us, right? That's right. So what we need to do, though, what we want to do, is to push beyond just the, the group that we normally work with, that is, what we call a read and review committee. When we do a t- Bible translation, uh, we have a translator. Translator is always... The, the mother tongue speaker in their language. So I have never been a translator, technically, okay? Even though I work with Bible translation, I've been a consultant. And as I help them to make sure that the translation they're doing into their language, uh, sometimes from French or from Spanish or from English or from uh, maybe they'll, they'll look at Hindi or Bengali or Mizo or whatever other language they know with a published scripture there, they'll compare different ones and they'll do the best they can to get a good translation into their language, and then a uh, Bibles International Translation Consultant will sit down with them and, and say, well, the, the Greek says this, so then maybe let's tweak this. Okay, So we have that worked into our system. But, and in between, there's a group of uh, what we call a read and review committee, also mother tongue speakers, uh, that looks it over for naturalness and clarity for them. But what we're trying to do is to push the scriptures beyond the reading review committee. We call that the RRC. To push the scriptures beyond the RRC during the translation period. So if we have a translation of Romans, for instance, done, we don't have to wait until Revelation is done to make sure that that scripture is out and amongst the crowd. Not just for the the simple reason that they'll be helped by the book of Romans, but also when they read it, before the final publication, maybe we can get some, some feedback loops going so that if there's stuff that's a little, of course, in, all, in a lot of the scripture, there are things that are tough to understand, but if it's tough to understand because of the translation, maybe too much so, then all y'all would be the best people to tell us, right? So if we can give it to the pastors, so the pastors can give it to the people, even in draft form here and there. Get it circulated, get the appetite whetted so that the people who are actually going to get the scriptures can get it beforehand so we can do, depending on how you see it, somehow market research or just awareness raising or something like that so that by the time we finish the the print publication that we can have a little bit more confidence that this is just going to get grabbed in the hands and, and go out there that we don't have to start telling people, hey, there's a Bible available for you, until the end. Right? There's a lot of work that comes with just sticking your nose in the laptop and getting the Greek and Hebrew translated and getting that done. A lot of work. Uh, and I have been privileged to be a part of that work uh, for since 2014. Elizabeth and I first moved to the field. Um, and now uh, God has allowed me to sort of get up from the consultant's chair and do a little bit more of the people work that helps the, um, the pastors who are going to be receiving this scriptures and the people who are going to be receiving the scriptures uh, to get that word around and to make sure that, uh, Lord willing, if there are even more further improvements to the text that we can give, that those feedback loops will get around. So that's a little bit of uh, what, we're, what we're trying to do in the new department called scripture engagement. Uh, we're not a huge crew, um, the scripture engagement crew especially, there's me and my manager. <laughs> and So um, at one point we were planning on going moving to Myanmar in order to get this, uh, this particular uh, department started. There was, there's pretty much one main language, we sometimes call it the language of wider communication that uh, all of Myanmar basically speaks Burmese. And so Elizabeth and I were planning on learning Burmese so that we could easily travel around the country. The infrastructure was, was pretty good, especially in the capital city of Yangon. But as the Lord has allowed, there's major civil war there. And uh, there was a coup. I don't know how many of you might have followed this from time to time. It's, it pops up in the international news. But a coup in Myanmar at the beginning of, the beginning of February, Two years back then, yeah, in 2021. So for two years now, uh, the the military has become the military dictatorship there. Uh, and so it, it really is not possible for any expats at BI to move to that area. And if you if we could even, there's very limited mobility. So at this point, we're thinking about just getting it started in Northeast India where we are. Uh, that's where our our home is. So we're just gonna stay in our home there and uh, and and see what kind of principles and procedures that we can get up and running for this new department. Um, so I'm very thankful for your for your support, for your prayers, um, and I'm every time very thankful for the privilege of reminding you all that what God has given you in a pastor here in Pastor Matt, he is also a huge blessing. To Bibles International, he is working very, very, very hard. He and his volunteers, uh, as you've heard, the Fellowship of the Code, uh, but they, but especially him at the at the front, at the as the leader of that crew. Um, numbers aren't aren't everything, right? But now we're in the thirty four thousand range of people who were able to document, right? the people that we're able to count through Google Analytics who are using the apps that he has put together. Um, And just as I've heard this morning, he keeps you guys abreast of the kind of work he's doing, but he he pours a lot of hours into this, and it really is forwarding the word around the world. And uh, my, my wife, Elizabeth, is a graphic designer, and God has really done an amazing thing. Of course, I'm biased, but in putting me together with her, I... But I, as a translation consultant, and she as a, um, as a graphic designer, have worked together to reinvent the way that Bibles International puts out uh, the, the Scripture in printed form, in print for t- print distribution, getting the PDFs ready to send to the printer so that the print uh, can, be, can be done in a, a more computerized, more automated, uh, and much more uh, quick way. Um, but in that process... In doing the computerized process, she and I have always had in mind, uh, if we have like a a fork in the road for decision-making, how are we going to do this process? We always ask ourselves, how is it going to work for the computer apps, for the mobile apps? And so we've had Pastor Matt in mind in a lot of the policies and procedures that, that we have been doing so that fluidly we can have these scriptures go from the computer right into those other formats as quickly as possible. And that has been something I've been privileged to do kind of on the side. It hasn't officially been my job description as a translation consultant. And so now with this new department uh, that has been allowed, I have been allowed to call that my actual job description and to pour some extra time uh, and interest into making those uh, procedures as fluid as possible across the board so that God's word as it's translated, when it's translated can just like Paul says, run, have free course, get out there and do its, do its thing. Um, so in, in all of that as well, we've, um, we've been more and more um, impressed with the amount of training and the amount of biblical exposure that we have, you and I, as English speakers in good churches, have had, so that when we look at the Bible, we know what to do with it. There are a lot of people who don't really have a lot of exposure to Scripture. So once you hand them a Bible, you say, okay, great, I'm glad, you're glad, we're gone. And they're just left there with their Bible, and they think, well, now what do I do? Well, God has established for this church age to have pastors and deacons, uh, and a local assembly that helps each other grow, Ephesians 4, right? So as, as you grow, he grows, right? As you grow, she grows. And we all build each other up as we speak the word to each other. But as we're gathered here this morning, I think it's a good thing to remember that we're not just here to do church, I hope you didn't come this morning just to do church, just to see and be seen, just to say, okay, I can check that box. I feel a lot more spiritual about myself after I haven't been here. How about you, right? No, it's more than that. What, what does God intend for us to do? Again, Ephesians 4 says we bring, we bring ourselves together so that we can build each other up. And God has given gifted people, uh, your staff here, Gifted people to help lead you in that endeavor. But even those people are word-centered. Word-centered. And I want us to think this morning a little deeply about what we have in the word. In the word itself. In systematic theology, we call it bibliology. Okay? You know, the study of anything, throw an ology on the end and you sound really smart. So we call it bibliology. It's the, the systematic theology uh, category of studying the Bible as the Bible. Okay. So I'm going to throw some terms at you today, and we're going to talk about some basic bibliology and some terms and concepts, basically trying to follow this question, what is the Bible? When we have the Bible in our hands, what is it? And uh, yes, this is a, a categorization. This is kind of a, a Western, apply a schematic to something and break it down and do it a little bit more academically, but this is what we're going to try to do uh, in the time we have remaining, which, by the way, is until? Uh, take until about 1035. Okay, 10.35. Thank you. Uh, so what we're going to start with is Genesis one one. if you wouldn't mind turning with me. To Genesis 1 1. We find here the beginning of all things. If we're going to ask what it is that, that we have even in our hands this morning, and we start to consider Who gave it to us? Then we have to start with the beginning. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. When you drive around here, when you talk to people at work, you have conversations with your friends and family. Do you remember that? that God is the be-all, end-all. He is the only reason you exist. Part of scripture engagement is trying to just keep the scriptures before us. Whether that's wall art or a calendar or an audio Bible or just making sure that people have a printed copy for themselves or that they know about the app, it's all getting all of us just to do the basics and realize God is where it starts. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. So much truth there. We're not going to uh, go into it exactly right now. But then Genesis 1.3, And God said, Let there be light. When was the last time you remembered that God is a talking God. God talks. God talks. We're going to skip there, from there, and go to Hebrews 1, please. Hebrews one. 1. Hebrews is one of the bigger books towards the end of the Bible. Chapter 1. Verse one hebrews one one long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, and we have some amazing amazing uh, information about Christ in the next few verses, but we're going to focus on this concept that in many ways, at many times, Hebrews 1.1 1, 1 tells us, God spoke to our fathers. This is the book of Hebrews. So who are the fathers? All of the Jewish people, we could say, over uh, years long past, by the prophets. Okay, so here we have again a reminder at the outset of the book of Hebrews God is a talking God. God is not silent. Do you know that? Many times when we're rushing through our days, when we're trying to figure out what's next, I don't know about you all, I seem to have a little bit of long COVID, kind of sticking with me from time to time. It feels like I it's harder to put two thoughts together. Uh, But God never has to stop and think. He never stops. And you could see it this way. He never thinks. (laughs) Because he already knows it all. He doesn't have to think. He doesn't have to stop. Of course, he's rational. He's very reasoned in everything that he does. But he has planned it all. And he didn't have to reveal any of it to us. But the first term we're going to look at this morning is the term revelation. Revelation. Not the book of Revelation, but the concept of Revelation that God has revealed himself. And even here in Hebrews 1.1, we've gone a step too far because we're not there yet. Okay, There are two types of revelation that we talk about in systematic theology, general and we call it special. We could think general, broad, the broad aspect and specific. Okay, So God has revealed himself to us uh, in general ways, or we could think it this way, that Everybody, to everyone, God has communicated. Did you know that God has communicated to everybody? You think, well, my neighbor next door, I, I don't think he even went to VBS as a kid even one time, right? But has God spoken to him at all? Every morning. Every morning. If the blood is pumping through his system, God is revealing himself. Romans 1, we're not going to... I have the time this morning to dive into it, but I love Romans 1, how even the creation itself is telling every single person, saved or unsaved, telling every single person, there is somebody bigger than you. He is in control of everything. There's there's a reason that trees stand up. There's a reason that cars stay on the ground. And don't just float by themselves without trying, right? I mean, the, the water, you turn on the faucet and the water goes down. There are laws that, that are only here, Colossians 1 says, because Jesus Christ, by the word of his mouth, is sustaining the atoms of the universe, okay? God is in control of everything, and he actually speaks to us in two ways, primarily, through, this is general revelation, through creation, and then through conscience. Okay, So when that person gets up in the morning, eats his breakfast, drives to work, and then slams on the brake to avoid the pedestrian, why did he do that? Because he knows that human lives are valuable. Who told him that? It's not just that you'll go to the slammer, (laughs) okay? It's that God has told us. God speaks within us. We have the imprint of God upon us. Every single person we know right from wrong, to a certain degree. And we can suppress that conscience, and unfortunately, all people do. We're all sinners. And those of us who have been saved by grace know even more about what God has given us in his Special revelation. So we have revelation in in general. That is, that God communicates himself. Did you know... We're not going to think about this very long. Because it's not a happy thought. But what if... God had never revealed himself? At all. Of course, the way he has... Uh, built general revelation into creation. That's impossible, right? (laughs) Because we look out and we see the beautiful flowers and we see the, uh, the nature and we know that our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. We know that. But if God had never gone the next step and given us special revelation, where would we be? You know, there are a lot of what we call sometimes practical atheists in the world that act as if God had never communicated to anybody. And if he did, you know, talk to the hand, God. That's how they like to act. But the fact is that because God, just the simple fact that God has specifically revealed himself to us is a supreme act of love. Not the supreme act of love. The supreme act of love is one form of special communication, and that is, as John says, the word. Jesus, the one who came, is one of the many ways in which God has given his special communication to us. Not only the words that some Bibles are printed in red that are the actual words out of the mouth of Jesus, but the fact that Jesus came. Everything he did, everything he said that also is a supreme, specific, very specific revelation of God. So we have the revelation of God, both general and specific. Different areas of special revelation uh, have come in the past. Uh, the, the angels that came and gave God's special message, that's specific revelation from God, right? Um, when God himself came in the flesh, we sometimes call it a theophany. I believe that every theophany, that is a appearance of God in human form, was actually the pre-incarnate coming of Jesus. And so we could call that also a Christophany, Christ appeared. Um, but the prophetic spokesman who says, thus says the Lord. Okay, this is specific revelation from God. But then we have the inscripturated specific revelation from God, okay? So we're starting from general, getting more and more specific. We're still asking ourselves, what is the Bible? That's where we're coming from, where we're going to, okay? So we start with, generally speaking, God is not silent. He has revealed himself to all of us, but he specifically revealed himself in different ways. And one of the ways in which God has specifically revealed himself to mankind is in written form. And so much like a lot of the words we use, we don't even know it, comes from Greek. The script concept of scripture is just written down. Okay? So we, um, it's not specifically from, from Greek. Pastor Matt will correct me on that later. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but graph, like graph paper, telegraph, that comes from Greek. Okay? But written down, God has written down certain of his specific revelations, that he wants us to remember, okay? And because of that, we come to the second term. Uh, We're going slowly, but we'll go a little more uh, quickly. The second term after revelation is inspiration. Inspiration, we uh, perhaps in English get that also from the uh, King James translation of 2 Timothy 3.16. We'll be looking at that a little bit later this morning in the morning service. Um, But inspiration uh, literally the exhalation of God, God says that every single thing written down, all scripture, everything written down comes from the breath of God. Okay? So that's the concept of inspiration. What is that? That everything we have written down officially in the original languages, okay, when it was first written down, it actually came from God. So when you look at the Bible and you ask yourself, what is the Bible? I think it's helpful to remember, it's a miracle. Now, what you have printed in your lap, that's not only a miracle, okay? We'll talk about that in a second. But when the ink first hit the page, that was God breaking through the time-space continuum into our world and giving specific human communication to us about him. That Every time that happened, when Moses wrote, when Paul wrote, when Jeremiah wrote, every single time, it was an absolute miracle, folks. It was as if Jesus Christ was sitting here and in our meeting healed somebody with a withered hand. Every time you look at the scripture, it is nothing less than a miracle of God. It is more than that. But it is God talking to you. And the moment we forget that is the moment we push the Bible aside to relegate it to just any other book. God's word is just that. It is the word from Your God. Revelation, generally, God is not without witness. Never. In the most remotest corner of the planet. He's not without witness. General revelation, he has specifically revealed himself to us. In one way is the scriptures. And when we talk about this topic, inspiration is the concept that tells us that when he wrote things down, it was... Right there, the breath of God. So then what would have happened if all of that great stuff just got crumpled up and thrown in the trash? Well, we believe that God is more intentional than that. And so the, se- the next kind of theology concept to throw at you this morning is the concept of preservation, which is, thankfully, just like what it sounds. God has preserved his word. He has preserved his word. Now, we said that when he gave it to us in inspiration, that was a miracle, right? Do you believe that? Okay. If you don't, then you can't call anything of what you're looking at in the Bible the word of God, okay? If it didn't come from God, it's not the word of God, okay? But it is. He gave it to us. That's inspiration. It was absolutely directly from him, but... How many of you are looking at the Greek New Testament right now? No? Okay. Even though you and I have had unprecedented, do you hear me? Unprecedented access to the Bible. Uh, God has given me the privilege of living around people groups that are just now getting the scriptures. But in this, if I remember right, just walk down this hallway... Couple doors, right? In that library, there, right? Is a compilation of so many years, so many lifetimes of study poured into certain counseling concepts, certain Bible portions and passages teaching from generation to generation to generation that we as a very literate society can pick up and learn and grow okay so but even even though we have such an abundant wealth of bible information it still is god the one that has preserved it from the greek and hebrew into our languages and for anybody to have the special revelation of God in scripture for us, written down for us, and in our language, we are in the same boat as the tribes in Northeast India. We all need a translation. Okay? And who translates? A people. Okay? Are people perfect? No. And every one of us actually has been given the opportunity, the privilege by God, to be a part of his, not miraculous, but providential preservation. Did you know that? When you teach your kids Bible concepts, you are actively participating in the preservation of the Word of God. Did you know that? Did you also know this? That if we flub our opportunity... To pass on the Word of God to the existing generation, then we have, to that effect, been a detriment to God's work of the preservation of His Word from one generation to the next. That, my friends, is what we are seeing in the United States of America. That God's people have increasingly allowed the truth of God's Word to just erode and he rode, and he rode. What do your neighbors need? The same thing all of us need. The word of God. We need the word of God that God has not just generally, but specifically given to us in written form, gave it to us as a miracle, and put it in our hands as a responsibility to preserve his word. Now, some of us can do that for a full-time job, okay? Okay. And I have the opportunity, I have had the opportunity to help make sure that when people do translation work, they do it very accurately so that from generation to generation and across the boundary line of language, that those people can have a good solid copy of the word of God for them as well. For all of us, we have multiple English translations that allow us to look at various angles into the Greek and the Hebrew so that we can get a really full orbed understanding of what God's special revelation was at the time that it was originally given. But every one of us has the opportunity and the privilege and the responsibility to be involved in preservation. When we talk specifically about the word of God, we say the providential process, the preservation is the providential process by which the text of inspired scripture continues to survive, again, from one living human generation to the next. And I hope it's clear, again, that we are, all of us, are a part of that. And even as you pray for and support the work of Bible Translation at Bibles International, you are actively a part of that. And as you encourage and support your pastor, he specifically is very much a part of preserving the word of God and spreading the word of God. And then we have then the concept concept of illumination. Illumination, the indwelling Spirit of God enables believers to see the spiritual significance of what God has communicated in the Scriptures. There are many things that we have to work hard to understand in the Scriptures. But 1 Corinthians 2 tells us that the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. It is The work, the active work of the Holy Spirit of God that allows the light to come on. Do you remember when that happened for you? First and foremost, at salvation, God turned the light on. We all have maybe different stories of how we either, like we're just abruptly confronted with the truths of Scripture and how that Jesus Christ died for our sins and we were in desperate need of God's grace in that way. Or maybe it was over a long period of time, and finally, God put the pieces together for us. But it's not just the gospel. Every part of our ongoing communication with God is God's Spirit actively working in us. Romans chapter 8 tells us that God's Spirit is actively helping us nudging us forward, even praying for us to God the Father, and all things work together for good, in that context, everything in life is working together so that we can take steps forward in our spiritual life. Why? So that we can become closer to God. How? Because God's Spirit is actively working in our hearts through the Word of God through the word of god what we have in the bible then is the tool of the holy spirit today did you know that it's the tool of the holy spirit today like we said at the beginning god doesn't have to stop and think it's it's just remarkable to me the scripture itself is it good for us in our culture Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's good for every culture. It's good. it's good for every person. It is the plan of God that you grow in your spiritual life by means of the spirit of the Holy Spirit working in you, massaging into you, working into that rough dough, the word. So that we can be more spiritually minded, more spiritually sensitive, more sensitive to the voice of God, following his leading day by day, step by step. And this is what he has given us in the scriptures. And this has all been a part of God's plan. All been a part of God's plan from the very, very, very beginning. We looked at Hebrews 1. If you could please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, please. The end of 12, verse 25. Hebrews has 13 chapters. Chapter 13 addresses some other wrap-up stuff. But the end of his main argument, as I understand it, is here in the end of chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 says this. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on the earth, that's Moses in the Mount, at Mount Sinai, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth. Remember that on Mount Sinai? But now he has promised, yet once more will I shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, the things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. God is not silent. And he will continue speaking until the day and beyond the day when the sound of his voice, as Second Peter says, will completely destroy everything we know physically so that everything that is here will be gone and all that will remain is that which is literally immaterial. Why? How? Because God will speak. I just want to impress on us There is no limit to the amount of respect that you and I should have for the word of God. God does not mince words. He has told us exactly what we need. He has been gracious enough to reveal himself at all. Right? But then with special revelation, and specifically that which he has written down, and because he did it, Miraculously, he has done it by means of people, lowly people like me and you. He has preserved it. But his spirit is active today in illumination to continue to use it until the day when these bodies are no more, when this earth is no more, and when God himself will speak again. God has amazingly blessed us with his word. What are you doing with it? What is your attitude towards the word of God when it's preached from here? When you read a commentary? If you read a commentary, when you read it yourself, do you seek, as Proverbs says, to dig for wisdom as for hid treasures? What is your relationship with with God in terms of his word? When you dive in, do you expect the Holy Spirit to help you? When you run into things that you think, what is going on here? I don't understand. Do you turn to your pastor and say, hey, can you give me some, some help? Do you chat over the coffee next Sunday at church and they say, you know what, I was just reading and I, I really want to know more. How often is it on our minds, on our lips? It's the biggest blessing God could ever give you second to your salvation. God is so gracious to give us his word. May he help us to be good stewards as we actively participate as we're we're actively blessed with illumination. We're actively participating in God's preservation, praising him for inspiration as a special part of his revelation when we see his word when we interact with his word when we interact with each other about his word may we praise the lord for the blessing of his word let's pray father thank you so much for what you have done in giving us the scriptures and i pray lord that in any walk of life that you've placed any of us that you will help us this morning to remember how privileged we are to have your word in our hands, whether it's in print or uh, electronic version or however it is, Lord, would you help it to, would you please actively work in our hearts to open our eyes and our understanding to the truths of your word, to walk according to the, the precepts, the principles, the statutes, the standards, the rules, what you have given us in your word that reveal to us you. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us through the Holy Spirit and through Christ's sacrifice the privilege of talking back to you through prayer. And we pray that you will continue to bless our time together this morning. In Christ's name, amen.